Time now for Vikings Fan Line. On the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network, your chance to talk about today's game with the Vikings broadcast team. Add to the conversation on Vikings Fan Line by calling 651-989-KFAN or toll-free 1-800-320-5326. Now it's your reaction to all the action. Vikings Fan Line. Here's KFAN's Ron Johnson and Corey Cove. So, Ron, I mean this in the best possible uh, way, but uh, that was a rough, rough game to watch because there was nothing worth getting excited about because it was over in the first five minutes, right? That game never for one second felt like it was going to be a, a Lions opportunity at victory. 20-7, to the Vikings just cruise controlled it. So, boring in the best possible way, I thought Harrison Smith after the game, said it perfectly, that sometimes on the schedule there are games that you are just supposed to win. Yep. Today felt like the Vikings are supposed to win, yeah. the Lions are supposed to lose. They just kind of floated and the game ended. So there's a lot of individuals who had good games, yep. but overall the Lions just didn't show up today, didn't have any juice. Easy, easy victory for the Minnesota Vikings, 20-7. to Yeah, and, like, Marvin Jones was supposed to be the guy. Like, he was the X factor for me for the game today. And Ben Lieber talked about the defensive backs and how they got to step up. I think there was that, but then there was also just, like you said, it was just a blah game or blah, as you want to say it. But, you know, it was it was nothing really too much going on. Uh, it was over kind of early. Once Daniil started getting the sacks racked up, you can see, like, the Lions had no answer. The offense looked extremely pedestrian like there was nothing special about David Blau today compared to when you saw his first start you're like wow this kid's pretty good so hopefully this is a sign that going forward versus the Chargers this defense has found an answer which looked like Mike Hughes coming in sparing you know um, Xavier Rose every once in a while so you got Xavier and uh, you know on the bench and then he comes back in Hughes goes to nickel with uh, McKenzie Alexander so I'm hoping that was it. But, yeah, it was the, like the the biggest crowd cheer I heard when the Vikings were about to go for it on fourth down. Right. Like that was one of the biggest crowd cheers. I mean. And they got the false start for the uh, the early uh, jump, yeah. and they had to kick yeah. the field goal anyway. Yep. So this wasn't way, a ton. Before we dive deep into a lot of other things, because there's a lot to talk about in the game, despite the game being kind of boring. Um I loved that he was going to go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of what we just talked about. Because this is a game you got to win. The Lions have a – Absolutely uh, green quarterback. Blau has no idea what he's doing yet. He's up against a Zimmer defense, right? He's going to be overwhelmed. The chances that they're going to win this game are very slim. Let's just dagger him immediately. I love not just going, well, let's make it a two-possession game. No, just bury them early. Make it 14-zip. Crush any spirit they have. Give them zero incentive. Just go for it. So even though the false start screwed it up and they had to kick the field goal, yeah, I love that. And Zimmer it wasn't was a false start. It. it was that they didn't get completely set. Right. But Kirk if you watch, called for the snap too quickly. If you watch Dalvin Cook, though, he's the only one moving. Then he stops. Then the ball snaps. So this whole like has to be a full second. I mean, who 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 decides to watch the clock and see if it was a full second before he actually snapped the ball? Like, in my opinion, if everybody who watches if your jersey's tucked in in an NBA game, true, weird rules too. sometimes yeah. screw things up, Ron. Yeah, that's some dumb dumb stuff. It is some dumb rules out there. I did just talk to the refs ahead of time about the pass interference on Stefan Diggs last week too in Seattle, and he even said it. he's like, you know what? It's the game's moving so fast. Sometimes he was like. We're just going to call it. If it doesn't look egregious, we're not going to throw a flag. 
Yeah. And and that's why today, even the roughing the passer, where Stephen Weatherly basically just patted David Blount on the head like "good job, Sonny," and that was a that was a, a roughing the passer. No, just call it what it is. Hey, you touch his helmet, and we're gonna throw the flag. Don't call it roughing the passer. That was dumb. Six five one nine eight nine five three two six or one eight hundred three two zero five three two six. That's Ron Johnson. I'm Corey Cope from the Power Two Morning Show. This is Minnesota Vikings fan line. The Vikings up to nine and four. They are six and zero, oh, Ron. At U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, they got to defend home. They got the Packers coming for Christmas, and then they have the Bears at the end of the season. So right now, the Packers just beat the uh, Redskins. I'm guessing um, they did. The fate, their fate is in their hands. You know, there's no more hoping and wishing for other teams to lose. You, you're ahead of the Bears. You're you're right behind the Packers, and you have the wild card spot locked if the playoffs started today. So you have to go to San Diego. You have to take care of business because. Unfortunately, the Cowboys, I don't know what they were thinking, let the Bears back in somehow, whereas if the Bears somehow went out and the Vikings can't close out, the Bears can go to the playoffs in the wild card. So they have to beat the Chargers so that this Packers game, win or lose, is really just for the division, not for the wild card spot. And then that Bears game is kind of like win or lose, we're in the playoffs. Even though you do want to win heading into the playoffs because you don't get a bye, and then you probably have to head back to Green Bay to play the Packers. But that's, that's one of those things where you want to beat the Packers now so that when you're going back to play them in the playoffs, it was one-to-one, and now this is for it all. And I think they can beat Green Bay down there because last time it was a couple miscues. Other than that, they should have won that game. Hey, real quick, uh, Tennebe, if you know the answer to this too. And it, was it, wasn't the spread around 13, 13 and a half for this game? Anybody know where the, what it was right around there? So 13. So the only way that game even mattered at the end was the spread because the, uh, the difference, of course, was 13 at the end, 20 to seven so uh vegas was sweating out at the end let's go to sal in blaine hi sal hey how you guys doing doing fine Corey, ron nice to talk to you i i just uh mean a great win for the bikes i mean we were supposed to do what we we're supposed to do we we, we won but i mean my, my my point is i mean the bikes are going to finish with 11 or 12 wins and there's gonna be a wild card team that's going to have to go on the road to play either the eagles or the cowboys which I think is asinine. That's just, that's it's not fair. But, I mean, they, they have these rules meetings in the offseason and stuff where pass interference and stuff like that. That's been an absolute gong show to watch with the reviews on that. But I, I saw on my phone a reseeding, you know, where they reseed all the teams. And I think if you win your division, you make the playoffs. But if you're 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight, like the Cowboys or Eagles are going to be, and you should have to go on the road. You should not be rewarded a home playoff game if you know you, you finish like that. I mean, what have you what have you earned? I mean, there's going to be the Niners or the Vikes or the Saints or whoever that's going to win 11 or 12 games. They should not have to go on the road. Yeah, uh, that that that's that's kind of my point. I, I I just think that it's a moot point. Nothing will be changed. But I I think it's just right. beyond that. Yeah. You know, I mean, you you have to reward winning. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call, Sal. And I, don't I, and I agree. So. You got to you got to give division winners the way that they've always done it, kind of a a, a nod. I get that. Yeah. That's why they get him in. Their division sucks. So I, who cares? I, I wouldn't mind if they reseeded it. I I kind of like the idea that's been floating around in the NBA, where you take the sixteen teams that make it, 
right. eight from each, and then maybe reseed it one through 16. Because, look, the greatest tournament this country has when it comes to sports mm-hmm. is March Madness. Yeah. And it's true. just 64 or 68, but 64 teams. <laughs> and play. it doesn't matter what conference you came from. You just line them up, right? It doesn't matter. I, I think the whole East and West in the NBA or the AFC and the NFC, I think that's an old school thought because of – um, old travel, the way that uh, you know travel was more difficult in the past. Mm-hmm. I feel like on some level it would be fun, and I don't think they're ever going to do this, but it would be kind of fun if they just said, let's take the top 12 like they have now, maybe expand it to 16, regardless of conference, and then just go 1 through 16 and just have it. Have it. I don't understand why we have to necessarily have conferences. It might be kind of fun just to have the best teams make it. More like an NCAA tournament thing, but uh, I get it. It's tradition. It's the way they've always done it. It's the way they'll probably always do it, but I wish somebody would think outside the box. I hope the NBA does because it seems like right. Adam Silver is going to. So a question for you then. Would you rather go, if you if the playoffs ended today, would you rather go to New Orleans and play the Saints or would you rather go to Seattle and play the Seahawks? Um, Jeez, after that shootout with the – but the 49ers and Saints today, I don't know. Because the 49ers just helped out the Packers. By the 49ers beating the Saints, the Packers now have a bye. So the mm. Packers are now the number two seed. The Saints are the third seed. So the Vikings would go to New Orleans right now. If you reseed it like the caller wants us to do, Seattle would get that. And then the Cowboys would be the sixth seed. So they'd have to go to New Orleans. we go play Seattle. I feel pretty similar about both, to be totally honest with you. Do you? I, I mean, the Vikes would be dogs in both games. Right. You're going to yep. have to play your best game to beat either. You have the elements in Seattle, no elements in the Dome in New Orleans. Correct. I, and that, I think that's I could my argue it either way. That's my thought right there. You get to go to New Orleans, there's no elements, there's no issues, there's no win. Um, yes, New Orleans gets loud, but I feel like for some reason, I just feel like they would have a better shot against. And, and yes, it was a shootout against one of the best defenses out there. So <laughs> who knows what would happen either way. But I just I just feel like going to New Orleans, you you make it easier on the quarterback without the elements. Hey, let's just expand um, and talk that's out loud. Right now. Let's just think yeah. out loud on major market radio. Yeah. Let's say the NFL did what I just suggested about three minutes ago. And said, let's just say, here, let's take the top 12 teams and just does regardless of conference. Oh, okay. and, I, and I understand people go, well, that's the reason why you have divisions and conferences is to build rivalries. And, uh, you know, you regardless of conference or division. Uh, well, both everything. So you're just taking one through 12, the entire NFL. What if we just get rid of the idea of AFC, NFC? And here's wow. why. Think about okay. it. Okay. What about a Vikings Packers Super Bowl? Uh-huh. Right, which is just not pa- possible. No. But not. those kind of things would be sweet. And once in a while, they would happen if you just tore down the idea of conferences. Yeah. Why do we have conferences? What's the difference? Area, travel. That's what I'm saying, but that's such twice, a, it's an, old, it's an old thought. Travel's easy now. What's the difference? Yeah. Some people still are on buses. Yeah, well. <laughs> but no, I, I get what you're saying. I, I Honestly, I think that would, be, that would be extremely hard. That would be tough, like to reseed it completely from 1 to 12. Why? That's tough. It's easy. Because then how, what's your tiebreakers, seconds. So what's your tiebreakers? I don't know. We'll figure that out. Because now you got the 49ers and the, the Ravens. Yeah, it, no, it would be. But it's it would be like, fun. it literally would be like Selection Sunday because you'd have to go to an eye test. Like Because if, if the Ravens and the 49ers right now, neither has anything where we can kind of look at and say, which one has the different strength of schedule or which one has this? You just got to go by the eye test. No, no, we'll you know, figure it out. 49ers will be one, Ravens will be two. Somebody that's smarter than me can do that. Uh, Danny in Eden Prairie. Hi, Danny. 
Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to talk about uh, defense and a play I saw by Xavier Rhodes. Okay. Um, so uh, the play Xavier Rhodes, um, he didn't play that bad today, mainly because we didn't play a good team and he didn't get as many snaps. But the uh, pick by Harrison Smith, if you saw the replay, Rhodes got pretty beat uh, pretty bad on that play. Um, and I just, I don't know if that was a zone coverage so he just let his man go or if he just got beat and talk about the defense um we played how we should you know against a pretty you know beat up team with no running back and no quarterback um but okay. i think it could be a good confident uh confidence booster for this team even though it wasn't against a, a great offense and i'll hang up and listen sure thanks for the call your thoughts on xavier Rhodes' game today yeah we talked about it off air before we even got on and i thought same thing i agree he didn't there was nothing that he did today where i'm like oh my Goodness, what is going on with this guy? So he said when he flips a switch, it'll change. I hope that's what happened. Like, I'm, I'm, yes, his play call, you know, his uh, whatever pitch count was down today. He didn't play as much. Um, I think working Mike Hughes in there to kind of get him going uh, was a big help down the stretch when they started going three and four receivers because I saw at one point there were six DBs out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was in the right place. I saw a ton of conversation between him and Harrison Smith. Um, there was one instance where him and Harry – kind of had a little bit of a back and forth of confusion, and I think that was on the uh, Danny Amendola hold. Um, but I think that also was more just competitive conversation because from when they replayed it like three or four times, Xavier took the underneath guy. Harrison looked like he took the over-the-top guy. Maybe he was thinking, hey, you have first outside. I got the second inside, Some, you know, something mm -hmm. to that aspect, um, where meaning the deepest receiver coming to that area, we're playing zone, so you need to stay there. Don't chase this guy. Other than that, he was there. Like, he was talking, and, and Ben Lieber brought up in the pregame show on Fox. He said every once in a while he'd look over at Xavier because he has the field view, and, he, you know, Xavier's, like, looking with his hands up. Like, what, what, what are we in? You know, as if he never got the call or he can't hear the call or he's confused by the call. And so I didn't see that today either because I, I made sure to watch for that because when Ben brought that up, I'm like, man, that, that could be the case. Maybe he's just not getting the calls or he doesn't know the call. Um, and that didn't happen. So the fact that he got through this whole game, knew all the stuff, I think, him and Zimmer working together during the week, you know, him, you know, noticing, hey, yeah, I am a little bit further back than where I used to be, but I can work to get back there. So he looked fine today. All right. Uh, before we uh, take a break, let's quickly, though, pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is Minnesota Vikings football. Hey, this is Vikings analyst Pete Bursich on the radio home of Vikings football, FM 100.3 KFXN, Minneapolis, St. Paul, The Fan. The Vikings win 20-7 to over the Lions. The Vikes are up to 9-4. and The Lions down to 3-9-1. and When uh, we come back, let's talk about the dominance that is Daniil Hunter. That's Ron Johnson. I'm Corey Cove. This is Minnesota Vikings Fan Line, and this is Minnesota Vikings Football. Blau goes back to pass on first and 10. Floats out to the left. Griffin's all over him. Intercepted by Harrison Smith at the 35-yard line, and he's down clock runs lions have no timeouts 35 seconds to go first and 10 blau with a shot to the end zone and it's intercepted by andrew sindejo and the vikings are well on their way to their ninth victory of the season welcome back to minnesota vikings fan line that was the voice of paul allen announcing a 20 to 7 victory over the detroit lions let's go right back to the phone calls let's try jim in minneapolis hi jim walking during a viking game you should not okay he's not listening 
and I don't want him to, <laughs> and I don't want him to swear. Pay attention, Jim. Uh, Harlan in Austin, off, yeah, or swear or something. <laughs> he was mad as Harlan. Off. What's going on? Oh, not much. Enjoyed the victory today. It, they really came together well. That's what I noticed. They played with tons of intensity because everybody, if you noticed, was getting hurt on the Detroit side, not on the Vikings side. Hmm. So there had to be some hard hitting going on there. Fair. Right. Then he hung up. Well said. Okay. There was a lot of injuries. Like, we were in a press and that's box. that's terrific. Yeah, we were in a press box. Rosie, every time somebody got hurt, Rosie looked over at me like, what the heck is going Another on? Another one. Yeah. So, yeah, there were a lot. Of, or maybe these guys just quit, and they're like, hey, if we fake an injury, we don't have to play the rest of this game. So maybe that was part of it. Yeah, I know we keep saying this, but uh, since I uh, teased with this, uh, the dominance of Daniil Hunter. Yeah, he's a beast. Now, youngest player in NFL history uh, to get to 50 sacks. Yep. 20, what is he, 25? 25, yeah, just turned 25. 25 in 40 yeah. days or something. Yeah. Um, it, it's not even remotely an exaggeration to say that he is clearly on a Hall of Fame pace. Oh, yeah. No. He, he, he is, is just an absolute beast. And I heard Greg Coleman with the coach after the game. Like, what is the ceiling of Daniil Hunter? And even Zimmer is like, this isn't his ceiling. That's pretty terrifying if he's this dominant. And we haven't seen the best out of uh, Daniil yet. Three Was it three sacks that I think he finished with? Yeah. Yep. Jeez, so forget forget first to 50, damn near hit 50 by halftime against this bad Lions squad. Because what's crazy is, I mean, you look at somebody who did it before him, Von Miller was the fastest to get 50 in his 58th game. So the third fastest player ever was Von Miller, and now it's Daniel Hunter. So, I mean, yeah, you look at the group of guys in that list, yeah, Daniel Hunter is on pace to be a, a Hall of Famer. I mean, because you would say Jared Allen is, right? Uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised he doesn't get more more talk when it comes to the Hall maybe of Fame. But, uh, a, yeah. Maybe. Maybe the ch- the change and coming to the Vikings. And I don't know. On. Yeah, you never know. Jared's a beast. Yeah. But so, you know, if you look at that, the fastest of 50, he, he's got it. I mean, but of course, he has to continue on. But yes, he's on pace to definitely be a Hall of Famer. Uh if we have not seen the prime of Daniil Hunter yet, if the best is still yet to come, if he has a higher ceiling, give me the guys on this team that you think are um, on the downside of their prime. The downside of their prime, well, yeah, of course, you're going to have to go Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, by the way, for the record, I'm not saying players that you yeah, think are bad. bad. No, no, no. Just, just, yeah, that, are, just, that are aimed the wrong yeah, way the because of age. Because they're older, yeah. I mean, whatever. that's the thing. That when you look at the NFL and age, you know, people forget that, like, Eddie George retired at, like, 29 or 30. Jerome mm-hmm. Robert Smith. was, like, 30, 31. Robert Smith was in his 20s. Barry Sanders was early, yeah. r- early so, 30s or something, yep, maybe. Calvin Johnson was yep. 30, you know, or 29 or whatever. You know, so a lot of guys, and his was a little different because the Lions are idiots, yeah. but if you look at guys like that who just walk away from the game because of injury or shoulder or whatever, you're just tired. Um, you know, that's this game is not – everybody doesn't get to be Tom Brady and Drew Brees. And Peyton Manning. Like, that's an anomaly in this game. You know, Jerry Rice. Guys don't play 20 years in the NFL. Guys are barely lucky to get five to six. You know, so when you look at, you know, 30-year-olds now, which is crazy. I would take 30 in a day. But 30-year-olds now are considered old in the NFL. This is their ninth year. So you look at Rudy. You know, yes, his best football or whatever, he has a lot left in the tank. Um, He's getting better, I'd say. So I wouldn't put him in that category because I think there's a ton more he can do with his offense. So I would say Xavier. Can I give you one name? I would say Linval. So we can fast forward because yeah. I want to get to a specific name because I hadn't thought about it until this week, and I don't even know how I feel about it yet, but I've yeah. heard a couple people think that Harrison Smith maybe uh, is that the best. his no. best days are behind him. I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. But And today is not a good example because I thought he played well. He had yeah. an interception. Uh, I get that. 
I don't feel like we're seeing the downside of Harrison yet. No, he's just not splashy, and that's the thing. I think people are used to, like, a ton of splash from him. He's never been that guy. Like, you've seen a lot of plays from him. Um, I think some of the the, the glaring uh, deficiencies of communication within the defensive backfield, that's why people are saying that because they're like, well, man, why is Harry not there? Why, why is Xavier looking over where is he not in the right spot? No, Anthony Harris put it perfectly. Harrison Smith is a riverboat gambler. You know, he would be your best friend Go on. in poker. He's a riverboat gambler. So when he's in the box sometimes, he's not supposed to be there. But he's hoping, hey, I'm going to get lucky, and I'm just going to do something, and you guys got to have my back. And Harrison or Anthony Harris said he's like, man, in eight out of ten times, he ends up making the play, he's whether right. it's a sack or a, a, a tackle behind this line of scrimmage. So I think that's part of his game where sometimes you're going to get beat. You know, More to your but, point, though, what do you think his age is? I just looked it up. Harrison? What, how old do you think he is? I think he's 30. That's exactly what he is. Yeah. Yeah, so he's right at that cusp. Mm-hmm. You know, but still, I think he's fine. I think he takes care of his body. He has a sleep number bed, so he's, you know, well-rested. He knows his sleep, you know, circadian rhythms and all that. You know, he does not. He's not one of those guys where you hear he's all around town, hanging out, staying out late to four in the morning. He's a guy that's at home hanging out, playing video games, and he goes to bed. You know, so he's he's not. You know, his body is not worn down from the game, you know, from life. Yeah. You know, I know that a lot of guys start to decline because of that because they, you know, they're you hear about them being out to 3 in the morning, you know, on a Friday, then they have to practice on Saturday and play on Sunday, and their body is just tired. Excellent display of uh, sleep terminology, by the way, too. <laughs> Nick in New Ulm. Hi, Nick. Hey, what's up, guys? Not much. What do you think? Well, so I want to give credit where credit's due, right? The win's the win. It helps us in our ultimate goal of reaching the playoffs. But when we get to the playoffs, I mean, what the hell are we going to do about this offensive line and Kirk Cousins running outside of the pocket when he doesn't need to? I mean, when and if our offensive line is able to make a pocket for him to step up into, he just darts outside all the time. I just don't understand it, and I don't know how we're going to get anywhere in the playoffs first, second level, championship game again, whatever it may be, I just don't see how we're going to be able to do that. Because, you know, you really run up. When that pocket forms, step up in the pocket. He's a pocket passer. He's never been a scrambling quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, just, I just don't know what we're going to do with the guy. All right, thanks for the call. That's a guy that's never going to like Kirk Cousins, right? <laughs> that's a, uh, you're yeah. never going to convert him into liking Kirk because, Kirk was on cruise control today because the whole team was because the game was in hand so early. 24 of 30, 242 in a touchdown, a 111.4 passer rating. Can't help the haters. I mean. It's just what they do. um, When the morning show had a chance to talk to Kirk Mm -hmm. uh, about, I don't know, was it like a month ago? Well, it was right after the Denver game. So what was it, three weeks ago? And we were talking about after that game, there were still people hating on Kirk and like, how can you – fall apart and how how can you play so badly that you're down 20 to the Broncos right well what about the fact that he came back and won correct and lit the place up correct so there are some people you're just never going to convert facts and one of the things that I thought he said that was very smart is I think a lot of us expect um, elite quarterbacks or very good quarterbacks all to be perfect which that's just not how sports work right I'm not saying Kirk's the perfect quarterback. He's far from perfect. He's super good. He's a top five to ten MVP candidate this Correct. year. And uh, you can sit there and nitpick, I don't like when he does this or I don't like when he does that. Out of all the things I'm worried about when it comes to our playoff run, Kirk is near the bottom of my list 
He's having an awesome year. What I, I just I don't understand the hate. Think about this from the usage. It. So yardage usage, he has the best percentage within that group. Meaning from three thousand yards and up. So everybody from three thousand to five thousand yard quarterbacks right now, he's tenth. So he's the lowest of that top ten. But he's in the top five of everything else. Meaning he's more efficient. His quarterback efficiency is higher than these guys. His passer rating is second. The team's passer rating as a whole is first. 44 passes of 20-plus yards, so he's not dinking and dunking. Mm-hmm. Nine passes of 40-plus yards, so he's top five in that. And Again, strikes. 22 sacks, that's it. So he's not taking Ill, you know, ill-advised sacks. Hit pause on one second. Yep. Just to add to your argument. How long has Thielen been out? It's about five most weeks, the, yeah, six weeks. The, most, yeah, all, so, more than. So all of those numbers in down the field numbers. Correct. Without an awesome top 10 threat in Adam Thielen. Yeah, and then his red zone. So we always talk about red zone. When Kirk Cousins with the Redskins, his red zone numbers were horrible. We mm-hmm. talked about that when they signed him. Everybody's like, oh, my God, he's not good. He can't score. And it's not the Redskins. It's him. Right now, 61% in the red or 62% in the red zone, 14 touchdowns, only one interception, 100.7 passer rating. So he's improved every time he says, I know I need to get better at this. I know I need to get better at that. He's gotten better at it. He's winning games when they're not supposed to. So some people just won't admit that, and they're never going to be happy. They're always going to hate Kirk. Like, I don't care if he goes to the NFC Championship. There's still going to be people that hate him. Well, because they're going to say that, well, yeah, he lost it. Can't win with Kirk. Yep. Uh, Whatever, I don't get it. They'll still take Kyle Slaughter. You know, when, when when the Vikings signed him, I was on the fence. I'm like, ah, I don't know a lot about Kirk Cousins, but he's never he's never stood out to me. I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's go for it. Right. I don't care. It's not my money. <laughs> Give him the 28 a year. And uh, clearly he got off to such an awesome start that I'm like, hey, this is pretty sweet. And yeah. then it kind of got worse at the end of his first year. He's been unbelievable this year. I'm all in on extending Kirk and having him be the quarterback for the next three the to key, five though, years. The key, though, too, is you have to keep Stefanski with him. Like, you got to keep sure. Stefanski and Kirk together because Kirk with DeFilippo didn't was work. a train wreck. Well, it like, seemed like the whole team was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. the RPO, like, Kirk's not an RPO quarterback, mm-hmm. period. I think people are trying to force his RPO thing. It's like fetch. Stop trying to make it happen. It's not going to happen. Right. Don't try to, you know, wow, it's not. Mean Girls references. Exactly. You're everywhere, Ron. Look yeah. at you. But don't make it happen. The RPO is not going to happen. So Kirk Cousins is a true drop back play action quarterback, yeah. and he's shown it. Great year. 20-7, to 7, the Vikings uh, beat the Detroit Lions. More of your phone calls after this. This is Minnesota Vikings football. A couple of tight ends off to the right. Play action. Kirk straight drop to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. B.C. Hold up. B.C. Johnson has caught two touchdowns in as many games against the Detroit Lions. And the Vikings have taken a 6-0 lead. Rudolph in motion. It's a toss right. Dalvin turns it up to the five. Walks into the end zone. Yes, he does. Touchdown, Vikings. Three-yard touchdown run by Dalvin Cook. His 13th rushing touchdown this season. And it's 16-0, Minnesota. All right, welcome back to Minnesota Vikings fan line. A weird nitpicking thing. Ron Johnson, you ready? Yep. Uh, Dalvin Cook today, 62 yards. He had a touchdown, right? We just yep. heard about it. Uh, are you a little surprised we don't have some uh, receiving touchdowns out of Dalvin Cook this year? I mean, isn't it, one of the reasons why we love that dude is he is a run-pass threat. Right. Right? When we've had the conversations in the past about how do we compare Dalvin Cook to Adrian Peterson, 
you know, I've always said I like players like Dalvin or Marshall mm-hmm. Falk or LaDainian Tomlinson or Alvin Kamara. I like those kind of players way more than I like the one-trick ponies and Peterson, even though Peterson is an all-timer when it comes to his one trick. He was great. But I like the guys that can do both. I'm just a little surprised we don't see more uh, production in the air out of Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I think when you look at guys like Marshall Falk and some of those guys, they were true, like, in-the-route concept guys. Like, mm-hmm. Marshall Falk, I mean, you remember the greatest show on turf. Even with the Colts, though, you know, he was always lining up at receiver. Dalvin doesn't do it as much. So to get a touchdown off of a screen, yeah, he breaks them, you know, 30, 40-yard breaks, but for some reason he's always getting tripped up. Like, I've noticed that where guys are just taking the perfect angle and they're getting that clip in that heel and he's getting tripped up. You know, he's down at the seven or the eight, and then, of course, goes Kyle Rudolph. So I'm not too upset about it because just his catches alone, he is getting catches. He just is not a true route concept guy just yet where they're throwing him. I mean, he has 48 catches. So he almost, you know, he's halfway to 100 catches as a running back. And so 48 catches, 490 yards. Yeah, no touchdowns, but I'm still – I mean, he has 10 touchdowns on the gr- or 12 on the ground, which is first in the NFL. So – Sure, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not complaining because he's a freak, and right. And again, three, four, five weeks ago, he was a, a, a dark horse MVP guy, right. right? Even in this in the sports books in Vegas, he was I think like eighth or ninth or tenth. I get it. I'm just saying. I'm, I just wonder why they can't get him into the end zone on screens more Stefanski, often. Stefanski, but it's not screens. See the the Alva Kamara touchdowns are shovel passes. Mm. See, that's the one thing we don't do at all, and maybe we're not good at them. Like. We don't, and that's an easy way to get Kirk Cousins some like cheap touchdowns. I mean, look at Drew Brees when he when he'll have you know forty plus touchdowns or whatever. Five or six of them are just shovel passes where technically you could have handed that off, but he's just going to push it right in front of him. It it's counts. a catch. It's a catch. It's a, yeah, exactly. So that's that's where I see a lot of Alvin Kamara stuff where he motions and then he just tosses it up to him and he scores instead of a toss sweep. Because yep. that same play where Dalvin ran a toss and scored, it could have easily been a motion in front of Kirk and Kirk tosses it forward and he scores the same exact concept. Kyle Rudolph in the bunch. Kyle Rudolph sure, comes down. Yeah, so that's just not Stefanski's thing. Like, he doesn't – I'm not saying he doesn't want to get a quarterback a cheap touchdown, but, you know, he doesn't. Like, some coaches, they relish in that. Like, man, I'm a, I, he threw for seven touchdowns today where three of them technically were handoffs. Got it. Oh, uh, yeah, Cook, 18 carries, 62 yards, and a score, so it's hard to complain about that, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark in Sioux Falls. Hi, Mark. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I um, – a couple things. Uh Back to the conversation earlier about the, the division championships, you know, I think the fan base likes coming to the Green Bay and the Chicago games because that's the traditional rivalry. And, uh, you know, the only thing we got to do to have home football games win our division, we got to beat Green Bay, we got to beat Chicago. Don't go lose to them at their place. And then, uh, second thing, there was one player we were at the game today in warm ups playing with their hands on their hips. And you know who that was? And so I think he's a, probably a pretty prideful guy. Been at the top of his game two years ago, and today he's probably not good enough to play full time. And that's you know that's probably hard for him to swallow. And then the the third observation I have is, you know, for us to win in this league, you got to have players play better than what you're paying them. And how many times did Ant, how many times did Anthony Barr's name get called today? So uh, that's kind of what I had my comments on the right. game today. All right, thanks for the call. Let's he got called to pass interference, so he did get called. That today. counts. Yeah, or a holding or show something. Like that was a holding during the pass game. But I mean, again, we 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 talked about this last year with Anthony Barr. So let me let me get on that first. If we don't hear his name, it's fine. 
Like, he's not Eric Kendricks. Eric Kendrick is the Mike Backer is supposed to run and chase and, and shadow the quarterback. Barr is almost like an outside backer that's kind of in a 3-4 defense because you're sending Everson every single time. Like, Everson, I think, dropped back once. I saw him cover one guy one-on-one a day. Other than that, you're or sorry, you're sending Daniil every time. Like, Daniil's not going to cover anybody. I saw Everson drop, but I didn't see Daniil drop. So, when you're sending Daniil every time, the other backer has to be an edge container. Like, you're – or edge – yeah, edge contain. So, you're telling Daniil, hey, you're free. Go get the quarterback. And that's what you're seeing. So, I mean, this whole bar has to splash everything. This was a boring game. Like, there was nowhere for him to splash. Right. The most exciting thing was my 8-year-old texting my wife that about the uh, hurdle. You know, when, when Madison hurdled the guy. like she's, Which he seems to like to do. Yeah. He's it, done that a couple times. Yeah. And so He's my, pretty my, sweet at that. My daughter, that was, that was her favorite play of the game. Like, she was like, oh, that's like track. He hurdled him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that's and he does that. He did say he was a track triple jumper or summer long jumper. So, he has the ability to jump. But it was no splashy, you know, the digs deep ball on the right. You know, that was a nice one. But other than that, it was a pretty just basic, you're supposed to win this game. Let's go win the game. Now imagine this. Imagine it was twenty to twenty-one or something like that, or twenty to nineteen, and the Vikings' defense has to stop the Lions at the end. Then maybe we're all like, "Wow, I can't believe they almost lost to the Lions." The fact that it wasn't even close, the Lions had no chance to the end to even get a score. Like, I think we. And yes, our job is to nitpick, and the fans' job is to just be mad half the time. But. I think sometimes we just have to be happy with what the product we saw. The defense did their job. Yeah, if an entire season of a sport was this boring, I'd say, I'm never watching this. This is awful. <laughs> but when there's highs and lows and excitement and non-excitement, but then you you slide in a game like this that, as Harrison Smith said, it just felt necessary yeah. more than fun. It's You got to get right, through it. Out of the 16, they have nothing to play for. Let's just go through the motions, but be professional and win and get out These of here. These next two, are, I think, are going to feel like that. Like, the charge is going to be similar. Right, you can't. Just, let's get through it. we got to win this game. And the trick is, you just, you can't fall asleep and say, all right, we have to lull ourselves to sleep. True. we got to get up for it, end it, and then put cruise control on True. it. True. And finish it off. Uh, let's go to uh, Dan in Fargo. Hi, Dan. Hey, guys. Uh, I just wanted to say that while the game was boring, one thing that's kind of nice about boring is having the kicking game be boring. They've been exciting in a bad way in the past, and I, you almost got to think that Colquitt is a pretty nice little free agent acquisition. He is kicking well in the punting game, and I never thought that holding for field goals was any big deal, but uh, apparently it is because yep. the Norwegian can't do it, and this guy's doing well, and <laughs> Bailey kicks a 50-yarder. And it just seems like we've shored that up. So now we're kicking game is boring in a good way. And uh, glad to see it happen. And just wanted to see what you guys thought. Yep. Thanks for, the, thanks for the call, Dan. Well, let's talk about that, uh, Ron. If you go back to the preseason, I, I think that was the A topic, right? Mm-hmm. The, the inconsistency. We had the Corey Vedvik uh, trade and failure within about three weeks. <laughs> I forgot about him. You had the Kevin McDermott, Austin Cutting battle at long snapper. We didn't yep. know what we were going to do with kicker or holder. Or holder, yep. or punter, like our entire, and we have a new special teams coordinator in Marwan Malouf. Like the whole thing felt overwhelming. It just didn't seem Even like it was. Kick with punt returner. I mean, think about that. Marcus Sherrill's left. None of it looked like yeah. it was going to go right. And through 13 games this year, they've been overwhelmingly solid and consistently good. Yeah, that's like he said. It's quiet. You're not noticing the kicker. You're having a good season. Like he just went out there, made his kicks, no matter how long, how short. 
There was never a question, even the long one. He nailed it yeah. down the middle. So, yeah, like that's, that's I think. It's been key. great. You're going to need a kicker down the sh- especially the Bears. I mean, that was kind of the knock on that 16-6 loss to the Bears is, man, if only we could have gotten field posi- or, you know, field goal position a couple times and, oh, well, would he have made it? Well, now they're going to play them at home. There's no wind. There's none of that Bears, you know, any of that issue. There's yeah. no Packers issue when the weather comes in December. So the next two or, you know, next three games should be good weather. So there should be no issues in the kicking game. The defense just has to do what they did today, which is hold them to under 12 or sorry, under 17 points because the Vikings can offense can put up some points when they get going. That's former Gopher Ron Johnson, who's excited about his team going to the Outback Bowl. Oh, I'm yeah. uh, Corey Coe from the Power Trail Morning Show. We'll take more of your phone calls after this at 651-989-5326 or 1-800-320-5326. We got about an hour or so to go, and then Vikings overtime takes over after us. So a couple of hours of uh, Vikings coverage still to come on uh, the station that you're currently listening to. That's Ron. I'm Corey, and this is the KFN Minnesota Vikings. I pop my dick. Stay home. shotgun first drive of the game back to pass and he's sacked David Blau was sacked by Daniil Hunter who just became the youngest player in the history of the NFL with at least 50 sacks J.D. McKissick in motion to the left three receivers left two to the right on third and eight for Blau empty backfield shotgun looks right sees nothing and he is sacked Daniil Hunter just destroyed David Blau Daniil has two sacks today. Third and two from the Vikings 15. David Blau out of the shotgun. He goes back to pass. Daniil Hunter looking for a triple. And he got it! Three sacks by Daniil Hunter. And that one goes all the way back to the 27-yard line. It's a loss of 12. And Matt Prater will walk in to kick. Welcome back to Minnesota Vikings fan line. The Vikings win and are nine and four. They are six and zero at home. The Vikings win twenty to seven over the Detroit Lions. We, you know, we got a little lucky, right? They don't have their full lineup at running back. Clearly, Correct. Matt Stafford's not there. Yep. Broken really, back. really early on in the year, the Lions looked like they had a little something, right? It looked like they might be a little bit of a problem this year. Then that quickly faded. And then when Stafford got hurt, it was definitely, definitely over. So uh, the, the Vikes did what they're supposed to do and beat a bad team. The Lions are now 3-9-1. and one. This isn't Lions fan line. This is Vikings fan line. But if you are a Lions fan, how do you feel about Matt Patricia a couple of years in? Uh, well, I'm from Detroit. So I'm going to go off of what I see from my friends and family on Facebook. They hate it. Like they're, they don't like him, or they just don't like. They just what? hate the process because they were told. So you got to think about. It, they fired Jim Caldwell, and after like you know they didn't give him a ton of time, and then they got the GM from the Patriots, and then they were told, okay, well he's going to help Jim. Well, no, he just wanted to fire Jim so he can get <laughs> Matt. You know, he wanted a Patriots guy, and he thought the Patriots way is the way. Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, we beat the Patriots at home. Okay, wow, we're we're doing this now. Like we're we're the team. Then we went again. Okay, wow, we're we're first in the NFC. You know, they were first in NFC North, I think, for like a week. And then you get to this. Like, yeah. that's where it's troubling for everybody. And then you trade away Glover Quinn. You know, you trade away your team captain. There's never been – I've been looking this up, and I'm trying to find a year where this happened. I still can't find a year where you trade your team captain. Like, I've never seen that. That's right. like trading your, your starting quarterback midseason. Like, ah, we're going to start over again. 
Like, you you trade your captain. So just some of the moves, and that's a Belichickish move. You know, like, I don't care who you are. I'm going to trade you. I, I can win without you. But that's, as a, as a former Detroit kid, but also looking at what the fans and my family and everybody's saying in Detroit, they're not happy. Like, they, they, want, okay. they want the Fords to kind of either get somebody else in there other than the daughter and say, we need a, a better owner, like, that's going to, or, you know, somebody's really going to be driven about the team and not the dollars that's made. Um, and then the GM. Like, if you're going to go the Patriots' way, then you got to find a better system. Like right now, what you're doing is not like you. It, it doesn't work in this division. Like you have to be able to run the ball. Like you can't just throw your way out of everything. And that's gotcha. that's been the problem for the Lions. Is the Patriots can pass? Why? Because of that division. The Lions. You're dealing with the Bears who have Khalil Mack. You're dealing with the Vikings that have those two monsters at DN, and then you're dealing with the Packers that. Oh my goodness, they've gotten better this year. We're getting after the quarterback. So it doesn't work. Like it hasn't worked for them yet. So. That's why the fans in Detroit aren't happy. Nice touchdown today by uh, BC Johnson. Nice oh, yeah, little was route. Nice. Little, was it a drag route? What do you technically call that? Yeah, it was like a it was a, a shallow over. So okay. he kind of went shallow in between the linebackers, and he climbed, and he basically climbed. To and he had to climb and defy and gravity. Ball, yeah. He had to really get up there and get it, but he got it. Um, what do you What do you hear from Vikings coaches, players, maybe even BC himself? Mm-hmm. How, what What do you think his his ceiling is? Because he, we've talked about it since day one, since we saw him in the preseason when he had a big preseason. Yep. That kid passes the eye test. He right, he's got big body. Looks like he's fast. Looks like he can jump. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, is this is this a guy that has receiver one or receiver two possibilities, or is yeah, he a nice a, complimentary three or four? I, I think he's a nice complimentary guy. He, he in my opinion, he's going to have that. Um, and I guess Galladay is a two, but he he reminds me of like not size wise. Galladay is a freaking monster, but he reminds me of that. Just a complimentary two. He couldn't be a complimentary two on a team eventually, but he's that complimentary guy. He's your Jake Reed, correct? Like he's the guy that's going to be consistent. He's going to make catches. He's going to mm-hmm. be where he's supposed to be when you say be there. I think that's the that's been the biggest thing for Kirk to have a guy that he can trust because that throw he made to BC. If he ran the wrong route, I mean, it's an incomplete, incomplete because he threw it high as heck. Yeah. But just some of the throws, I mean, he's throwing. I saw uh, a couple games ago when Thielen got man, No, it's a Lions game. It was the last Lions game when Thielen got hurt on his touchdown. That, like, next series, BC runs a dig route. Kirk throws it before BC even breaks. If BC doesn't break in time or catch the ball, it's an interception. So I think that's where Kirk's getting comfortable with him, kind of like Aldrick Robinson, where he made those throws to him. So if Thielen ever comes back, those three, I think, can be very vital down the stretch because now you really have to pay attention to Thielen and Diggs. BC is a guy that can actually catch it and score. Are we still expecting so, Thielen back next week? It sounds like without a setback, they are aiming to have him back next correct. week. Correct. And he was back. Right? He was at practice before. The thing about a hamstring is you just, you just never know. And so you don't want to ever, like, if you feel a little twinge, you just got to stop. Gotcha. Like, don't push it. Don't. It's not like an elbow or a knee where it's like, ah, oh, it's going to be a little sore. I'm, I'm fine. Hamstring is a it, that's the biggest part of your you know that's the biggest part of what helps you run and so if you can't push off and you keep feeling like a twinge then you can tear it and you don't want that the tear then he's out and he's having surgery kind of like uh what's his name Josh Doxson you know he tore his hamstring so that's you can't come back like you're gonna have surgery and you're done um, I think that they want to make sure they don't get there because they're like hey we we're in the playoffs so as long as we can bide our time and I think even honestly and I'm not nothing against the Chargers Derwin James is back. I think they can get through the Chargers game without Thielen. Like, I think another week of rest will do his body a heck of a lot of good to go to the Bears and the Packers week with a fully healthy Thielen and, a, and the arsenal completely ready to roll.
At Chargers, home against Packers, home against Bears. Those are the final three games for the Minnesota Vikings. Then it looks like, barring some kind of weird disaster, a playoff game or two or more. In New Orleans for Ben Levy to go back to the spot of the crime. All right, so we can get Brandon out of here because we're a little bit behind. Uh, let's uh, let's take a break. We'll, uh, we'll let the network go at this point, uh, but we are going to continue to do Minnesota Vikings Fan Line. If you want to continue to listen to us, uh, you can find us on the iHeartRadio app. It's absolutely free to download. Find FM 100.3 in the Twin Cities. That's KFAM. If you're here locally, you can keep uh, tuning in because, like I said, after us is Vikings overtime as well. 20-7, to 7, the Vikings beat the Lions uh, next Sunday. Don't forget that game is no longer a 7 o'clock game. It's not the Sunday nighter anymore. The Chargers game will kick off at 3.05 Central time. Got flexed out, so it's the uh, the second game in the afternoon at 3.05, so you'll hear from us then. For Ron Johnson, I'm Corey Coven. This has been the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. AN, the fan. <laughs> Vikings Fan Line now continues on FM 100.3 KFAN and the Fan Radio Network. Vikings Fan Line on the Fan is presented by the Greater Twin Cities Honda Dealers, Advanced Imaging, by Randy's Electric, Minnesota Labor's Union, and by Youngstead's. To join in on the conversation on Fan Line, call 651-989-KFAN or 800-320-5326. Now it's your reaction to all the action. Vikings Fan Line, along with Ron Johnson, here's KFAN's Corey Cove. All right, Vikes win 20-7 over Detroit. Let's get right back to the phone calls at 651-989-5326 or 1-800-320-5326. Let's go down to Iowa and Joe. Hi, Joe. Hey, how you doing? Doing fine. Hey, I'll, I'll take a win anytime we get one. I feel like it should have been a more dominant game on our side if you look at the injuries and the teams today. I think we got an incredible team, but I don't think everything is all coming together yet. What will it take for that to happen? All right, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like the third or fourth call we've taken where the fans seem a little disappointed. I felt like this game was a cruise control game, Ron. This must be what it feels like to do Ohio State Buckeye fan line, <laughs> where always where you win by thirteen, but it's just not enough, right? I, and and I get it. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to dis- completely dismiss what Joe just said. It it did kind of feel like we won by thirty, and you look at the scoreboard, and it's, it's twenty to seven, and they had the ball late. Like if yeah. they would have punched another one in late in garbage time, yeah. then you kind of. S- even though you dominated the game, you would have only squeaked by with a single-digit win. It would have felt kind of weird. Right. I guess my only comeback is to what I opened the show with. I thought after the first touchdown, this game never for one second felt like it was a threat. Yeah, so, no, it did Isn't that the whole goal? I, I, our job on this show is to nitpick and think about things. Clearly the callers and the fans are doing it as well. If, if it was 30-7, to 7, would you have felt better? If it was forty to seven, if it, I mean, what's your number? What's the number that makes you feel better? I mean, it's yeah, a thirteen I get the, yeah. point win. I get the thirty I, I to seven or thirty-four to seven. Or yeah, that would have felt and, better. But I mean, I, it, I just, I felt like they just kind of cruised, and I mean that in a good way, yeah, right? I, they didn't. I don't think they went out of their way to just say let's, let's show everything we have and run the score up. Let's just get this game over with. Let's not get injured. Let's get the hell out of here. I mean, if you if you think about it, it took them. Two or no, sorry, three drives to get their first first down. 
And then after that, the refs started helping them out a little bit. But they, <laughs> but they went three and out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven times. What's wrong with that? So That's right, dominant. I mean, it's just, they only had one twelve play drive, which was the touchdown. They had a fourteen play drive, which was the missed field goal. So they did their job. It just the offense kind of stalled every once in a while because they had a punt fest as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Britton Colquitt probably was not. Upset about that. He got the win, and he got to punt a ton. Um, So I think that's the takeaway. It was fine. It was fine. It just, yeah, it could have been 30-7, to and then people would have felt better. It technically should have been 20 to nothing. Like, that last touchdown was just garbage. Like, so, yeah, would you take a 20 to nothing? Yeah, that might feel a little bit better than 20-7. to Yeah. But it was garbage time. Yeah. Uh, Let's try Connor in Shakopee. Hi, Connor. Boys, how we doing? Doing fine. Elite. Good, good. Um, honestly, first off, I want to say Joe from Iowa, he needs to realize we absolutely dominated that game. I agree with Corey saying after that uh, first touchdown, it, it just felt like it was over. Yeah. It honestly felt like we just we won that game right then and there. But um, being at that game, it just felt like there was no threat. Uh, defense was dominant. Um, Daniil Hunter, he honestly just wouldn't stop eating. He just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept eat, uh, just kept eating. I just don't get it. But um, school likes. I just honestly, I just really want to talk about roads for a second. Um, after Kirk Cousins apologized after that Bears game, Kirk honestly started dominating. He started tossing the do- uh, the ball. He just was throwing dime after dime after dime, and then Rhodes apologized. And I, honestly, I was like, okay, he apologized. Well. He's going to start doing his thing. He's just going to be the man. And all, uh, all of a sudden we get to the game, and he's not even starting. So I just want to know what you guys think about what Zim thinks about Rhodes. Is what, are you, what is Rhodes' future with the Vikings and all that? But also, Corey, uh, Big Bird from Woodbury at the Senior Living over there is a huge fan of you. So just wanted to tell you what's up. That sounds great. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Uh, well, let me let me let me slightly twist his question. Yep. Because I I just don't see why or how they bring Xavier Rhodes back next year with mm-hmm. the money. Uh, he'd have to take a massive pay cut. I mean, I, who knows what Brzezinski can come up with? But I I think this is his last year with the Vikings. So let's just if we're going to use that as the uh, as the uh, the baseline for the following question: If this is the final year with Rhodes on this squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do to maximize his abilities these final three regular season games and then hopefully for a playoff run? What can we do with Rhodes? I think today was a perfect example. Like I think he his if if this number works and I think we'll we'll see the Chargers game. Like the, if we see the same thing where Mike Hughes is getting some split time with him and he's coming in in certain packages and certain looks they want to have Hughes in there. Maybe that's the way to do it. I mean, I know Charles Woodson towards in his career moved to safety. I don't know if Xavier can do that or not, but I, I think at corner he was just fine today in his in his pitch count where he wasn't exhausted. You know, the the fatigue didn't set in. Uh, but if you look at what Brzezinski Brzezinski could do, if you look at dead cap space or the cap hit, it's thirteen point eight million next year. If they were to cut him as of now, and I don't know if this is accurate or not. Sorry, no, right, wrong year. Uh, twelve point nine million. If they were to cut him, they would be losing four point eight. So the difference is, do they pay him twelve point nine, or you just take the four point eight hit and say, we're just gonna move on? You know, that's that's the key. Is four point eight million dollars in the drain worth moving on from him? 
that's where Brzezinski has to sit. And then if he knows, okay, I can cut him and lose four, I owe him 12, put these numbers together, 12, 14, 13 and a half, and then come up with some magical way to say, let's restructure this deal, kind of like Kyle Rudolph's extension, and say, hey, we're going to take the cap hit away from us, but we're still going to make sure we give you a sign-in bonus so you get some of your money. But if we cut you, you're not going to get it. You know, and I think that's mm-hmm. part of it. So it's figuring out what was his, because I think it's guaranteed on that yearly salary is like around 10. So how do you come to a agreement to say, hey, well, you if we cut you, you get 10, but if we keep you, we'll let you get X, Y, and Z. You know, I mean, you just got to, you got to figure it out and go through the off season as well and, and see how he heals up because he's hurt. I mean, he is injured. He did say that. Like, so sure. I, I'm going to put a little bit on that. As a DB, you need your hips. You need your groin. That's the two biggest part. Of, you know, your legs are your life in, as a DB. So is injury part of this? I think the team is the only one that really knows that answer. That's up to G, the GM and Spielman to take a look at film and say, when he's healthy, he's good. When he's been injured, we see what we get. Yeah. I just don't know if they're willing to take that cap hit. You can say hips, but for a lot of us, Ron, uh, our groins are our lives. <laughs> uh, that is uh, the end of segment one of Local Fan Line. We'll uh, come back, take more of your phone calls at 651-989-5326 or 1-800-320-5326. The Vikes cruise to a 13-point win. That's uh, Ron. I'm Corey, and this is Minnesota Vikings Fan Line on KFN and the Fan Radio Network. At the Happy Honda Days sales event, you can unwrap incredible deals that'll make you... Oh my gosh. You know, the kind of gift that makes you... No way. Yep, that's basically Happy Honda Days in a chestnut shell. Get a great deal on a 2020 Pilot from KBB.com's best overall brand for 2019 with 1.9% APR financing for well-qualified buyers. Let Happy Honda Days find great deals on a new Pilot at GreaterTwinCitiesHondaDealers.com. See dealer for financing details based on 2019 brand image George from Kelly Blue Book. Visit KBB.com. Lions in come-from-behind mode, and now David Blau is back to pass, and he is sacked by Everson Griffin. A high five for the Minnesota Vikings defense today. Five sacks on David Blau. Uh, Three of those sacks come from Daniil Hunter, the youngest player now in NFL history to get to 50 sacks. Didn't have him all today, just felt like it. He had three today, and he is your Lyuna, Minnesota, and North Dakota hardest working player. Daniil Hunter with just three sacks today. Yeah, and he's the youngest player to get to 50 sacks, so that is an pretty, awesome accomplishment. Pretty crazy. Yeah, and the crazy thing was he only needed a half a sack today, and he got three. Like, that was was cool. But, I mean, just yeah, watching Daniil Hunter, like, I watched a lot of his movements, a lot of his one-on-one stuff with the tackles. He has a, a bevy a plethora of moves, like a barrage of just things he can do to the offensive tackle. A bevy, a plethora, and a barrage. Yeah, he has it you all. You just empty your thesaurus. <laughs> just empty the clip. That was a nice um, little vocab lesson. He You're just he, he has so many different moves. And I talked to you know Coach Patterson and Rodriguez before the game today as well in the field. We always do it every week, and that's what they say. They said, man, this kid is just like, like lights out. You know, it's almost like when you get pocket aces time after time after time. Again, no idea just, what that means. You just can't be stopped, you know, and then all of a sudden you get two seven offsuit and you find a way to win. Like that's where he's at right now. He just, no matter what situation, no matter what double team, he's finding ways to get to the quarterback. So it's good to see it and they're going to need it down the stretch because when that number 12 walks in this building, you have to get him on the ground. I think Charge tweeted it seven times today that Aaron Rodgers has 69 seconds to throw the ball. 
So you can't give Aaron Rodgers time. Yeah, that's that's too much. Uh, Matt in Philadelphia. Hi, Matt. Hey. Hi. Oh, you got me. All right. So thanks. Oh yeah, you're rolling, dude. Yeah. What do you got? I was uh, I was uh, starting to drift off because you got me now thinking Three Amigos and a plethora. Yeah. What a great um, movie, man. <laughs> How yeah. many? What? What? I wonder what percentage of the U.S. knew the word plethora before Three Amigos. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> question. Awesome movie. Anyway, so I have two questions, and they may be a bit too detailed for the typical fan line audience, but. Um, hmm. Since you're right, Corey, we were on cruise control, putting in third stringers in the third quarter. Um, I'd just like to understand maybe the game within the game from Ron, even though we're not talking running backs, but receivers. Or I want to talk running backs, not receivers. Um, in the running game, I've seen at times big holes on the backside where cutbacks would have been explosive. Mm-hmm. Could have been explosive, And that used to be a big thing with like Adrian or even going back to Terry Allen's days. But I don't see Cook or Madison doing it. So my question is, in the zone blocking scheme, are they coached to stick to the target hole regardless, or are they just not seeing those backside holes? So that's the first question. And the second one is, yep. especially in the third quarter, I mean, you know, we started, I don't know if it's about calling plays that are down in distance or we don't care about the chance of success, we want to put stuff on film or whatever, but, you know, we were just running into snacks over and over again and not really trying that, that hard. So I just wonder, at that point, are you just saying, okay, let's just shut it down? Let's move on to L.A. or, or what? Excellent call. Thanks yeah. for the, uh, the call, Matt. What, so, what do you think? To the second question first, I'll knock that one out as far as running up the middle to snacks versus running outside, blah, blah. I am going to say that they definitely decided to be done with it. And coaches know statistics as well, and they get all these numbers. So if you look at runs, left, right, middle, right, left, end, all that stuff. So outside tackle, outside in. They're third in the NFL when they run off the left end. They are fifth in the NFL when they run off the right end. Off the right tackle, they're fourth. Now, this is where it gets crazy. When they run off the left tackle, which is supposed to be your strongest guy, they're 19th. So it, so it's between the guards and the left tackle where they struggle because 27th whenever they go middle or between the guards. So the outside zone, and so this is it kind of leads into the second question. The outside zone cutback is actually between the guards. So I don't know if... The running backs feel comfortable because when you cut back, you're trusting that your backside guard, which is Powell Elfline, mm-hmm. has your back, and he has the guy sealed. Now, to us on TV sometimes, you're like, man, it's there. Why didn't he hit it? Oftentimes, that 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 gap that we think is there is not really there because there's either a backer chasing or that backside guard really doesn't have his guy taken care of because it's a bunch of double teams and they move to the second level. If they move to the second level too fast or they just can't get off the double team, there's not really a cutback. It's it's a it's a it's a mirage. Different word, not barrage, but mirage. It's not really there. So you can't really cut it back. But going to the right, the reason why they run to the right so much, and then you see that cutback is also because Kirk Cousins is number one in the NFL when throwing left or middle. So he rolls out to his left, which is unorthodox to throw as a right-handed quarterback, but he does it the best in the NFL to throw left or middle when he's rolling out left. So that's kind of a three-part answer to a two-part question, but that's the answer to it. (laughs) I just like that we talked about the word plethora in Three Amigos. (laughs) You've seen that film, obviously, correct? And not pleather like your mother used to wear. Plethora. 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 Uh, six five one nine eight. Oh, you know what, Pam? Before we move on, before we, before we go to break, since you were talking about, uh, since we were talking about Alexander Madison for a second, yeah. Um, how do you feel like now that we're through thirteen games? 
How do you feel about this draft class? Awesome. Garrett Bradbury, yep. Irv Smith, Alexander Madison, yep. B.C. Johnson, Austin Cutting. Those are the ones that are getting legitimate time. The other guys we haven't seen, they either got cut or we haven't seen enough of them yet. But yep. those are the uh, the big four or five. How do you feel about this class? Awesome. Bradbury's played every snap. Irv Smith has played in 80% of the snaps. The biggest reason why they've gone from two tight ends to one tight end. So last year, three receivers with 68% usage. This year, it's only about 19. The biggest usage is 34%, which is two tight ends. Why? Because they can trust Irv Smith. Love it. Alexander Madison, when he comes into the game, we'll talk about him coming up soon, but plays happen. You don't notice a downtick of Dalvin not being in there. Sometimes the announcers get confused, and he makes a big run, and they're like, oh, that's Dalvin. Wait, no, that's 25. Because they run the same. They have the same mannerisms. He He's a student of the game. B.C. Johnson. We wouldn't have known about him if Adam Thielen hadn't gotten hurt. Now, all of a sudden, we're like, wow, that was a huge draft pick in the seventh round when Dylan Mitchell out of Oregon was supposed to be that guy. No, it's B.C. Johnson. And B.C. Johnson told me that at the Gophers game. He's like, man, people didn't really know who I was out of Colorado State, but they're going to yeah. know me now. And they do. People are talking about B.C., you know. So, and then Austin Cutting. We haven't noticed any blocked punts. We haven't noticed the center getting pushed back into the punter's lap. He's doing his job. You know, he hasn't gotten down the field and made any big tackles or big hits or anything. But he's snapping the ball back there. You don't see punts sailing or snaps sailing over the punter's head and all that kind of crazy stuff. So, yeah, this is a great draft. Well, class I'm always so going to hate him, though, because he took Kevin McDermott job. Yeah. I mean, unless Austin wants to come in and be friends with the Power 2 Morning Show. He uh, he took away our friend Kevin. Okay, so I will hate him forever. So so that would you need him to do come do? Okay, well, yeah, I'll talk if he to wants him. to be friends with us, I'll th- be over and, there and next, I'll be on his side. But until that I happens, I think two or three days in the next two weeks, I'll be over there. So I'll make sure I tell I'm him to come in, or I'm on Team Kevin forever. Okay, because his his favorite animal is the sloth. I don't know why. I don't know what. Yeah, I'm not going to be friends. That's with his him. spirit. I'll animal. stick with Kevin then. <laughs> uh, more of your phone calls after this. This is Minnesota Vikings fan line on KFAN and the Fan Radio Network. It's Paul Allen for Timber Tech. You know, these guys really know what they're doing when it comes to decks. Their composite decking boards look the most like real wood. They're 30 degrees cooler than anyone else, and it seems like they last forever. And then they go and back it up with a 50-year warranty. Nobody does that except for TimberTech. That's what I call going against the grain. Go to TimberTech.com, and their expert guides will help you make your deck dreams come true. It is TimberTech.com. The Fan. We talk football. This is The Fan. Wow goes back to pass on first and ten, floats out to the left, Griffin's all over him, intercepted by Harrison Smith at the 35-yard line, and he's down. Welcome back to Minnesota Vikings Fan Line. I'm Corey Cove, that's Ron Johnson. Uh, the Randy's Electric Spark of the Game is a very specific play, and it's kind of a shout-out to your daughter as well, Ron. Yeah, Alexander Madison. He hurdled a guy, but also made those two guys almost look like they ran into each other. Yeah, my daughter, Cameron, our 8-year-old, she texts my wife right away and was like, oh, my God, that was the best right. play I've ever seen. And she was super excited about it. Like That sparked her interest. It did. So like, the Mom, Randy's electric spark of the game was definitely the spark for Cameron. Oh, yeah. It was a spark for her. But then the crowd, too. Like They showed that replay because um, 91 got hurt. I don't know if he like hit his – because he's the one that tried to tackle da- or Dalvin uh, Madison. So I don't know if his own teammate hit him or something. But he was down like the 14th 
lying down. Um, and so they showed that replay like eight to nine times. Every single angle, the crowd got louder and louder. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like it was yeah. just like, wow. Like you can see because at first you see it. Then they get zoom in and show how high he got over the DB. Then you see the DB kind of miss and hit another guy. I mean, it was just every single time they did that, people were like, man, this kid is good. And I think Athletic I saw a couple of tweets. Yeah, like Rosie tweeted or somebody tweeted like, newsflash, Alexander Madison is athletic. Yeah. Like, he's good. So, yeah. yeah, no, that was definitely a spark for the game. Brandon in Iowa. Hi, Brandon. Hey, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Fine. Hey, uh, I just have two points. One, I got a seven-year-old boy who cried last week on Monday Night Football, and then today was ecstatic. So a win's a win's a win. And then the second point is I love watching the Vikings blitz, and I feel like we've gone away from that a lot more this year. I don't get it. Like the first play, Harrison Smith knocks down that pass. I I, I don't know why we – I don't know. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the call. Well, Ron, you know, I've been doing this show now for like 10 years. And way back in the day with the, when it was uh, me and Mike Morris or even me and Ben Lieber, the joke has always been almost um, like clockwork, I would say, on a yearly basis back in the day. The two calls that we got the most often, mm-hmm. blitz more and run more screen passes. <laughs> like fans always want those two things. Yeah. Right? Bring more heat. Yeah. Do more screens. Uh, what is your blitz analysis, though, for 2019? I've seen, I would say, yes, more A-gap, not just blitz. You don't just blitz blindly, and I get it. You want to see the kitchen sink thrown at the quarterback. But, yeah, I would Especially like to a, see uh, a, 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 a guy like Blau who correct. is going to be overwhelmed by exotic blitzes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I think Zimmer kind of realized, too, we need to work on some things. Like, we need to work on coverage. This is a perfect game to do it. We need to work on our communication. So if he has an extra second to throw, like, cover. You know, if we're running man, or sorry, zone, and I heard Chad Greenway bring this up, Mike Zimmer's zone is like a man concept. And I've said that before, though. Whenever there's a zone, I think everybody has the same concept. If there's more than two to three seconds and you fill it, plaster a guy in your area. Don't just cover grass. That's where a lot of the Vikings got confused, where there would just be nobody covering anybody. They're just standing around and receivers are wide open. Today you saw a little bit more con- con- uh, contested throws. You saw a little bit more batted balls down. Um, it was definitely at the line of scrimmage. You could see the first series. They batted the first two down, and then there was a sack. So there was an emphasis on if you can't get to the quarterback, get your hands up. So I, I would like to see more A-gap stuff with with uh, Barr and Kendricks or Kendricks and Wilson where you're making the quarterback guess who's coming. Um, but maybe they're saving it for the Packer week. I mean, I know Packers and Bears are coming up, and that's no time to sit back and sit on your heels. Aaron Rodgers is the guy you have to go after, and then you have to spar, uh, spy him with Barr and you know hope that the ref doesn't throw a flag when Anthony Barr hits you know Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Mike in Northfield, you are on Minnesota Vikings fan line. Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. I just wanted to... Get to the bottom of this Adam Thielen deal. It feels like if this injury was this severe, they should have put him on IR a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and second of all, my second question is: on a scale of one to ten, how counterfeit do we feel like this team is at this point? Ooh, all right. Thanks for the call. Well, two things there: you can't put him on IR when you go back to the Kansas City game because I was there. Took Correct. the Jefferson Lions bus down there. They thought he was maybe ready for that game. They he put him out there, right, that. and then tweaked it in the first couple of plays and missed. Yeah. So. Like you said to your point about hamstrings from an hour ago, 
it maybe uh, feels better than it is Correct. until you know that it isn't. So I don't think they thought it was this bad. Otherwise, right. maybe they would have said six weeks ago. He was is... full go in practice. I think that's what right. people are forgetting. So it's frustrating. Went... Correct. He was full go in practice. He had no issues in practice. He was good. Got into the Kansas City game. Warmed up. He was fine. Running routes and warm-ups. He was fine. They showed him on TV warming up, running routes, because everybody loves Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs together. First couple plays, he was fine. He was out there running around. When he ran that route, stretching out a little bit for the ball, he, he said he felt a twinge, which means, okay, I got to come out. Same, rested, rested, rested. Got to this week of practice. Was fine. He was going to be okay. And then again, kind of felt that same twinge. And all that is is just, is it like, and then the next step is, is this twinge the injury or is this just natural soreness that I have to work through? And that's up to him. The trainers can't feel it. MRIs won't show it. He has to know his own body and just say, oh, yeah, I can get through this. It's fine. Let me put a sleeve on this and, and com- get a compression wrap on it where it does constrict you. You do move a little bit slower, but you're still, I think I would take a 85% Adam Thielen over 85% of the other receivers in the NFL. And so an 85% Adam Thielen that does not feel like it's injured is fine. So there's no IR issues there. What was his other question? The, the second the one is the the weird one. He said, on a scale of one to ten, how counterfeit do you think this team is? I don't think oh, it's not I, at I think, all. I think almost everybody is pretty realistic with where this team is. The defense is this, good. This is a this is a good or maybe even very good team. Are they a San Francisco or a Baltimore? I don't think so. Are they a New Orleans or a Seattle? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're in that second group of playoff teams. Right when it all shakes out and yeah. there's twelve teams in. I think the Vikes will be in that bottom six in terms of likelihood of winning the Super Bowl. They'll be in the bottom six. The frustrating thing about the Vikings, and I think this is where his counterfeit question comes from or stems from, is I still think when the Vikings have their best, when they play their best, I think they can beat anybody. Right. It's it's a little bit of well, what happened in the first half against the Broncos? What happens in the third quarter or the second half, you know, against the Seahawks where things start unraveling a little bit things like that i think that's the frustration is um why can't we see the best a little more often from the entire team right not just a handful of players right so if he if he thinks that's counterfeit then sure but i mean you look at some of these wins most of our wins are blowout wins and yeah are they against bad teams right yeah, but that's what you're supposed to do. You blow out bad teams, right? They beat the Falcons by 16. Raiders aren't that bad. Beat them by 20. Giants by 18. Eagles by 18. Mm-hmm. Lions by 12. Lions today by 13. Washington by 10. I mean, the comeback win against the Broncos was impressive. Everybody can uh, can can define it how they want. I don't think this team's counterfeit. I think they're a very solid 9-4 and four team. Correct. This is where Fugazi guys get this from. When, when a team is Fugazi, it's because... They're getting a lot of stats at the end of games because they're coming back. And that's usually where I see counterfeit. Like, is he really, like Kirk Cousins, people are like, is he really that good or was that garbage time? Because he was always trying to come back. Well, he's not in garbage time anymore, and he's one of the top five NFL quarterbacks statistically right now. We're not going to play your little game of who would you take over Kirk Cousins. But Burned you last time. <laughs> you got me last time. But 738, 738 plays so far that's the 24th most meaning they're in the bottom of plays called but they have the second most touchdowns in 38 this is before this game second most touchdowns so meaning 
imagine if they were in the top five, like they had, did did some Patriots type crap and had a thousand plays because the defense is getting them the ball back quick. They would be, you know, we don't know. The sky's the limit. There also is more opportunity for for turnovers, but third downs, they're eighth. Penalties, they have the seventh least penalties on offense. Twenty two sacks, that's the seventh least. You know, we talk about how bad this offense line can be. They've been really good. Passer rating, they're first, 111.9 as an offense. Then you look at defensively. That's where some of the change happened. But we've been spoiled with, like, one of the best third-down defenses in the NFL for the last two years before this year, and that's where the struggles come. They're 17th right now in third downs before this game. I think they're going to pick it up now because they completely destroyed the Lions, so they'll jump back up maybe in the top 12. But penalties... Same thing defensively, even though we saw a ton of flags. 69 penalties called, their fourth lease in the NFL. Like, this team is very well coached. They're disciplined. They are not counterfeit. They are not fugazi. They are who we thought they were. They're a good team. They just run up into some buzzsaws in the Chiefs, and, you know, yes, it was a backup, blah, 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 whatever. Doesn't change that Tyreek Hill was still out there. Like, I don't care who it was. So... That's one of those things where... No one thinks they're the best team in the NFL, right? right. They're in that second tier, yeah. which that's fine. They're 9-4. and 9-4 and four is a good year. It was. 94 was a good year. Okay. Uh, one <laughs> final quick segment of Vikings fan line before we toss it over to Sauce and Nordo for Vikings. Overtime, that's Ron Johnson. I'm Corey Cove, and this is Minnesota Vikings fan line on KFAN and the Fan Radio Network. If you are experiencing hair loss... Let this be the year to make a new hair's resolution. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss. I need more hair.com. Hi, I'm Mike Greenley, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to I need more hair.com. You didn't choose to be bald, but you can choose not to be. I need more hair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Conveniently located in Egan, the consultations are free and the results. Fan. Rudolph in motion. It's a toss right. Dalvin turns it up to the five. Walks into the end zone. Yes, he does. Touchdown, Vikings! Three-yard touchdown run by Dalvin Cook. His 13th rushing touchdown this season. And it's 16-0, Minnesota. They go on to win 20-7 to over the Lions. B.C. Johnson on the board first with a 9-yard touchdown, made it 7-zip, and a 27-yard Dan Bailey field goal, put him up 10-0. That Delvin Cook touchdown from 3 yards out, made it 17-rip. A 50-yarder from Bailey made it 20-0, and then with a couple minutes to go in the fourth, they got a garbage touchdown to Kenny Galladay from 10 yards from David Blau, and the, uh, the final goes 20-7. to uh, Vikings over the Lions. Uh, it's time for a closer look, Ron Johnson, presented by our friends at Advanced Imaging. Thanks to Advanced Imaging, what do you want to take a closer look at today? Hey, and if you advance the image and take a look at first downs in the first half, and I think that tells the story. The Lions games, they've dominated. 17 the first time they played the Lions in the first half. 18 this time. 18 first downs in the first half is more first downs than they had in the entire games against the Packers, the Bears, you go down to the Chiefs, you got the uh, Seahawks, and then also they tied the Falcons number. If you look at those, the Seahawks, Bears, Mm. Packers, Chiefs, games they lost. So if they just know that and improve on their first downs early in games, somehow, someway, that gets Kirk Cousins going. They only had four first downs in the first half of the Broncos game so that's an anomaly. 
There's no way to come back every single time like that. They only ended up with 19, so they were almost close to the same Falcons number as the other ones. And the Falcons, they didn't have to get first downs anymore because the Falcons sucked this year. But the Packers, the Bears, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks, that's what's glaring to me, that those are their four losses. Those are the only four games that you know that they didn't have more first downs in the first half than in the entire game of these games. So they got to improve on that. That's the closer look for me. All right, one final call before we uh, send it over to Vikings. Over time, let's go to John in Mendota Heights. Hi, John. Hello, it's actually Tom in Mendota Heights. Oh, Tom, John, whatever. Tommy, John. Uh, Tommy, Tommy, John, surgery. I've been listening to K-Fan, I think, since uh, 1980, 81. There are radios in 81? 1980, so somewhere in there you must have changed your phone. Oh, yeah. 1980. I was born in 1980. That sounds wrong to me. The pass that Cousins threw that hit the uh, Green Bay linebacker just a little bit below the numbers, that looked dangerously close to the pass Burt Reynolds threw in the longest yard. Oh, you mean the Pat F. Lion catch or the uh, Bradbury catch? No, I'm talking about when Cousins threw the ball. He had his arm uh, held up. He threw it, and he hit the Detroit linebacker right about in the waist. Yeah, and then yeah, Bradbury caught that. Oh, no, I don't think anybody caught it. It was an incomplete pass. No, Bradbury caught that one. Oh, by the way, okay, regardless, yeah. the pass was dangerously close to the one that Burr Reynolds threw in the uh, original uh, longest yard. Who, who do you think did it better, Burt Reynolds or Adam Sandler? Sandler. Uh, I, uh, Burt Reynolds. Sandler. Yeah. Boomer. Hmm. You're a boomer. Okay. I never yeah, saw either sure one, so I'll take your word for it. A little differently. <laughs> hey, by the way, I had tickets when he played at the U. Pleasure, pleasure to watch you. I appreciate it. Do I have another second? Go for it. Okay. When I heard Plasma, I heard it was a number of girls that liked Vaughn when he was going to the U. <laughs> That's my final comment. Right. A hell of a joke. All right. <sighs> That'll do it. <laughs> right. We can end on that. Uh, oh, the uh, Vikings now have a, a game that was supposed to be a Sunday nighter. Gets flexed to 305. Uh, the uh, I'm glad. Los Angeles Chargers are up next. Your thoughts? I'm glad it got moved to 305. One, that takes this whole primetime thing off of Kirk Cousins' shoulders for everybody to talk about the entire week. Two, fan line will not be at one in the morning, and so we won't have a ton of drunk callers. Well, we'll I'll have say some, we. I would have had the night off, and now I got flexed, and now you're stuck with me. We'll have some intoxicated callers, but they Damn won't it. be plastered. They'll be plastered for the Packers game, though. We know that. All right. But this that'll be a fun one, though. All right, thanks to Joe, uh, Brandon Molesky. Thanks to Joe Perovich for helping out behind the board. Uh, Vikings overtime is next, 651-989-5326 or 1-800-320-5326. And, of course, uh, I'm on the Power Trip Morning Show tomorrow, 5.30 to 9. So if you want to hear me again or Sauce or Hawk or Ben Lieber break it down, 7 to 9. He was on the sidelines of this game. He can talk uh, intelligently about what he saw. 7 to 9 tomorrow on The Fan. But uh, for Ron Johnson, I'm Corey Coven. This has been Minnesota Vikings Fan Online on KFN and The Fan Radio Network. Overtime's next.
our know-it-alls tell you what the Vikings should have done better today. The Power Trip, PA, Common, and Barrero are all back and live tomorrow. Now back to Vikings football on K.